This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Gallagher Shots podcast. Uh, this is a review of the recently played England game against Iran in the Group B first round group stage in the FIFA 2022 World Cup. Uh, I'm Scott. I am your host for this one. I am joined by Daryl and Joe. Uh, Daryl, how are you this evening? Very well, Scott. Uh, thanks very much. Um, just, you know, sitting back and relaxing after that England victory at the time of recording and keeping one eye on wheels in the USA. Yes. Uh, and Joe, how are you today? Yeah, I'm doing fantastic, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm off work this week, so uh, I'm getting to watch a bit of football in my time off. Love and it. Play a bit of Call of Duty and maybe even get my hair cut and walk the dog. So What a, what a week to be off. Couldn't be better. What a I know, week I, to I, be I didn't even this. plan it. I just had to take it. But anyway. Especially when we go to four games a day. I know. It's, football. it's crazy. It's uh, yeah, about <laughs> two o'clock my time. It all starts, and I think eleven o'clock at night's when it all finishes. Anyway, nice. we're not here to talk about my life. We're here to talk about <laughs> the England game. Uh, like I mentioned previously, we played Iran in our opening group stage fixture, um, second game of the World Cup, which is a bit weird for a Group B. I would have thought the other teams in Group A would have played before us, but. Um, they played after us as it worked out, and uh, yeah, it was a nice two p.m. kickoff or one p.m. kickoff. I think it was for you guys in the UK. Um, and obviously, as you all know, we came out the victors, winning that game in great fashion and style, six-two. Uh, there was a little bit of controversy before the game. I mean, it's the Qatar World Cup; it wouldn't be the Qatar World Cup without any controversy at all. Um, the uh, one love armband that. I think there were seven or eight of the the uh, the European sides were going to wear. FIFA released a statement saying that if your captains wear it, 
they'll get booked or they could be asked to leave the field. So um, it was kind of a up and down news on Twitter beforehand. Yes, they're wearing it. No, they're not. Yes, they are. No, they're not. And then it turns out they decided to not wear it. Um, I do want to give a little shout out to Alex Scott for wearing it on the BBC while she's being uh, interviewed before the game. I thought that was a, a touch of class from her. So well done to you. Um, we're really here to focus on uh, the two Newcastle players who featured in the game. Um, this is more of a review of them, but we will touch on the game slightly. Daryl, 6-2. You would have took that before the game kicked off, wouldn't you? Well, of course you would, wouldn't you? You'd, you'd, you'd want the three points and you'd want a, a solid performance. I think we absolutely got that. Um, some very, very impressive performances from the likes of Yebukayo Sakas and Yeju Bellinghams, who really shone as part of that midfield three. Um, you know, the, the, the defence were fairly solid at times. I know there was a little bit of a moment where I think they were probably a little bit lackadaisical on the ball and there's a few little passing errors made and that was probably the same thing could be said of quite a few of the, the lads playing today. But again, that's probably also down to how Iran set up to deal with us. You know, they really put two banks of four behind like us sort of thing and, and really defended or tried to defend really strongly. Um, they made it, really, it made it really difficult to, you know, to close down all the space. There wasn't a lot of space for the likes of your Harry Kane's to operate in, which is probably why even though we scored six, that he didn't get one of them, which is, you know, if you said that beforehand, you know, you'd be like, well, why not? You know, it would come as a surprise without having Harry Kane on the score sheet when we scored six. Um, but yeah, some really solid performances. I'm really impressed with how we dealt with it and how we just persevered in, in the game. And there was a lovely little passage of play in the second half, which I'm sure we'll get onto because it involves Kieran Trippier, um, where they were just passing it for fun and it just really tight, close passes, which is the kind of stuff you like to see when you, you're trying to build out from the back and, and break forward, which we eventually did with that. Um, but yeah, absolutely fantastic. And it sets us up really well going into the rest of the two games. Um, you know, we've got the USA on Friday to come, but you, you know, when you start the the tournament in the group with a performance like that, you've almost won the group after your first game without trying to, you know, without trying to put any heebie-jeebies or whatever on it. But yeah, you know <laughs> what I mean? It's, it's, I know I've said it, yeah. But uh, that's <laughs> the sort of thing that happens there. You start so strongly, you wonder how you can't qualify from the group. Yep. Yeah, we do have to be careful our complacency doesn't kick in, especially depending on what the result of the Wales game uh, turns out, which is currently being played as we're recording this podcast. Uh, Joe, you didn't get to see much of the game from what I understand, but you, you saw the goals at least. Um, there were some pretty tidy finishes from our boys. Yeah, don't worry, I caught up. Um... But yeah, it was a really good, it was a I think it was a great game to consolidate the team and uh, obviously kick off the World Cup. The I would say with obviously the season uh, with the league season being played either side, there hasn't really been a lot of time for the team to gel together. Um, obviously, there were some uh, games played earlier in the year, but you know when when league when the league kicks in and you're playing with uh, your respective clubs, you fall into a certain way of of playing certain style of training, etc. So it probably came as a bit of a shock to the system, to a lot of the players. In that regard, I thought it was the perfect game to really get us uh, kicking. The performance, I would say, um, it kind of showed, especially in the second half where um, there were some misplaced passes with, you know, there were a few uh, changes made, some substitutions, which uh, obviously they all played a really good part. But... Um, I yeah, I think overall it was a great game to to get started, and it'll only do us well uh, in 
provide us with a lot of confidence going forward in the in the, in the competition. Yeah, it's it's funny you mentioned that about the you know the not being enough time for the players to gel. It's it's a kind of a double edged sword in that respect because yeah, they haven't had time to gel, but they have. There's no lethargic, you know. They're, they're not unfit. They they should be ready to go because of their clubs. Because I mean, was it ten days ago the season ended for us? So I mean, mm-hmm. it it's kind of six of one and half a dozen of the other. Where you think, well, yeah, the players maybe haven't had that time, but there's been a fair amount of international football. I mean, we only had the Euros last year, and I think that's going to work in our favour as well with the group of players because it's pretty much the same core group with. You know, one or two little additions. Um, touch on a couple of the events throughout the game. Um, obviously, the first thing is the penalty shout that we had early on, Harry Maguire, um, a belly-to-belly suplex uh, in the box, <laughs> and VAR checked it according to the uh, according to the commentary and, and didn't see anything anything untoward. Um, however, right at the end of the game, uh, Iran had probably wasn't even half of what was happened in the first half to Harry Maguire and they get a penalty. Uh, Daryl, it's that decision again about VAR, uh, consistency not being there. Uh, we saw it yesterday as well in the opening game. Um, I mean, it, it's in one, in one way it's nice to know that it's not just the Premier League that are pretty bad at VAR. There are other leagues that do it pretty well, but it seems like no one seems to have that right balance yet. Um, what were your thoughts on the Harry Maguire incident? Well, the Harry Maguire one to start off with was, I mean, you know, you said it was a, that's exactly what it was. It was a belly to belly suplex. I mean, he had fully locked his hands around Harry Maguire to prevent him from moving. And then, I mean, fair play to Harry Maguire. He does try and pull away from it all, but obviously when he's locked his hands around him, it's, it's virtually impossible for him to, to break away. Um, and he had every right to be angry about not getting a decision there because it was absolutely farcical. And then you see the one that Iran ended up getting in the second half and it's like, well... I can understand that being given if Harry Maguire gets his penalty in the first half, and because he didn't, and again it's down to the the um, sorry, uh, it's down to the inconsistencies with the VAR. Um, it's just it beggars belief, and it doesn't do it any favors either. And you know, you mentioned yesterday with that one in the in, in the first game of the the tournament, and I could have accepted that if we'd have seen the image that we eventually saw. Straight away, yeah. which is what we're supposed to do. It's what happens in the Champions League. It's the same system that they use in the Champions League, where it's like a radar. Um, they use like a radar system to determine which part of the body's outside. And for whatever reason, yesterday it took about a quarter of an hour for that image to be displayed to the broadcasters. And that's where the problem lies, especially for yesterday. Um, that would have cleared it up straight away. But then you know you have that issue where it takes a quarter of an hour, and in that quarter of an hour, you've got the likes of your social media streams and all sorts exploding with the fact that oh. It's, Qatar, it's bribery, it's controversy, mm. it's all this rubbish. And yeah. then you eventually see the decision and think, well, ah, actually, yeah, it was mm. offside. So there's your reasoning. But like I say, because it took so long, it was just an absolute farce. And uh, yeah, the inconsistencies are going to, they're going to need to be ironed out fairly quickly and they need to get this, you know, need to get this under wraps really quick. Otherwise, they're going to end up with just another reason to bash the entire tournament. Yeah, not like they don't need any to begin with anyway. Uh, there's, there's plenty going on. Um, another little incident that happened in the first half, well, it wasn't little, it was quite significant, I think, uh, especially for Iran. Their goalkeeper uh, clashed heads with another one of the Iranian players um, after a, quite a decent ball in the box. I think it was Trippier who delivered the ball in, and it was uh, I think it was Bellingham who was going for it, but uh, the keeper came out and punched it away, but 
just the follow through where he smashes into it was face to face that picture I've seen afterwards. There, you see those pictures of a football hitting a player in the face, but it's not a football this time; it's another person's skull. So you can see why the the keeper was down for as long as he was, but he gets back up. He's a bit shaky. I think uh, their captain throws water all over him, and then um, he decides to continue for all of two, three minutes. Uh, Joe, we, we've seen this before in the Premier League and you know, noticeably in the Aston Villa game uh, that, that Newcastle featured in with their goalkeeper. Um, I think Alan Shearer said everything that needs to be said about it, but it was a bit farcical, especially given this tournament and given what's going on. Um, what were your opinions on the whole situation? Yeah, mate, it's absolutely farcical, to be honest. It's an absolute carbon copy of what happened to, to Martinez, like you say, at the Aston Villa game. I don't understand why players are allowed to continue on. The, the, the bloke was down for about 10 minutes. I mean, we had 14 minutes of added time just because of this like one incident. Yep. Why was he allowed to continue having been pretty much rendered almost unconscious for a significant amount of time? It was obvious that he wasn't uh, fit enough to, to continue. And it's what was quite interesting actually was seeing Iran's head coach have his head in his hands when he realised that he couldn't continue. I mean, not really good man management. It's not really saying, you know, it's not really giving off the right signal to your second choice keeper when you're thinking, ah, oh, shit, like, you know, I'm going to have to put him on. It's it's not a good look. But I think, um, yeah, I just, I, I don't understand, especially nowadays in the modern game when there's been so much, um, so much research and so much uh, publicity around um, head traumas and, you know, long-term damage that this can do to players, especially for, especially for keepers who, you know, let's be honest, are, tend to stick their, their head into um, to situations a lot more than most players. There needs to be a lot more done to protect um, players in that regard. We have a sixth uh, concussion sub for a reason. Yeah. And I appreciate, you know, you don't want your um, number one players to, to come off, you know, ideally. But at the end of the day, there there is a lot of rules around it. There's a lot of uh, practices done to, to try and protect players. It, it needs to be actually done when it matters. And this was an opportunity to do that. And I think allowing him to continue was, I mean, it was quite clearly the wrong decision. And I think he's just lucky that there wasn't another similar incident that could have caused more harm, to be honest. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. No, yeah, it, it's, it's you know, I, I'm pretty certain it's the, the club's doctor or the team's doctor that makes the decision where it should really be an independent doctor, like what we see in boxing and we see in the UFC where, if someone's got a cut and it's too deep or if you know someone is quite clearly concussed, that independent doctor is the one who says yes or no and not someone who's on the side of the team where it's happening because you could see that nobody, apart from the goalkeeper, wanted him to go off the field. Um, and then when he did stay on, I mean, he, I think he took a goal kick and then he was down again. It was, it was pretty much instantaneous. And then they did make the change. Um, they do... I've seen, I've seen around play a couple of times, and they do rely on him a fair amount to get that counter attack running. Uh, with uh, is it Teremi there, their striker who scored a couple of goals today? Um, he can the goalkeeper can throw a ball. I mean, he can throw a ball a good three quarters of the pitch, um, and it, it catches teams off guard. And, and I think that's what they were hoping to happen, and it just never did. Anyways, we will turn our focus onto the two Newcastle boys who got their games in the World Cup. Um, I believe it's a, it's a debut for Callum Wilson in the World Cup, and I think Trippier must have played in the last World Cup 
I believe, uh, if I remember rightly. We'll focus on Trippier first because he played all of the game. Um, I think even by his own admission and in, in his uh, interview afterwards, it wasn't the best of performances overall. He had a few good spells, but there were a few wayward passes and, and maybe he wasn't quite up to scratch. But like Joe mentioned earlier, I think that's down to players not gelling. And I think, you know, it's down to um, just time and like give them another week of training, which we're now going to get. I mean, next game's on Friday. I think that'll eradicate anything out of those games and, and eradicate anything to, to, to happen there. Um, it was also an afternoon game. So whether Heat was playing a part of it, or, you know, we just don't know because the next two games are evening games, probably going to be a bit cooler in the night, I would have thought. Uh, although I'm not a, a, an expert on the uh, the Qatari uh, weather system, but uh, you know, going off other countries I've been to around in that area, in places like Israel, it gets a bit cooler on a night time, and you can walk around quite comfortably. It's quite nice. Um, Daryl, just to sum up Trippier's performance, uh, how did you feel he did? Um, on the whole, fairly well. Um, like you say, there was a, f- a few wayward passes here and there. That could be attributed to, like you say, it could be that they haven't, you know, they've only had that initial week's training and they still need a bit of time to gel. Or you could also put that down to, to, to the nerves of those around him, and that's not because they're nervous playing together as a team. It's just the nervousness of playing in that atmosphere and those conditions for like the first time, really. Um, you know, some of the the balls that he were playing were fine, but it was the receiving of those balls by his teammates that were maybe letting letting the pass down, so to speak. Um, in terms of his defensive work, he seemed to be pretty good at getting back into position today. Um, and there's a couple of times where, he, as we have seen on the pitch at St James's Park, when he plays in the black and white stripes, he gets out wide, he stays out wide. And he also, there was a moment in the second half, which I think led up to one of the goals, where he pushed right the way up that right wing. And he was playing as a right winger, right forward at, at one point, which allowed Saka to come inside. A bit like what we would see with Miguel Almiron for example, yeah. it has allowed him to come inside and start to affect the game from inside the pitch. Um, and I was really pleased to see it. And the other thing I noticed particularly about Kieran Trippier today was that he was doing a lot of, I don't want to, it's not coaching, but it's like that. He was doing a lot of instructions and directions and, and, and pointing at places mm-hmm. and players and where the ball needs to go. And he also was very good at making himself available today. He's always getting himself into a bit of space where he was always going to be an option to the two centre-backs if they needed to, to switch play or they needed to find an outlet in, in, into the middle part of the pitch or up front. Um, I thought he had a really, really solid game. Yeah, and, and all more, um, you know, that he got the armband once Harry Kane went off. And we'll come on the reasons why Harry Kane came off uh, in just a few minutes, because it was for one of our players. We'll, we'll touch on that in a little bit. But uh, yeah, I think with Kieran Trippier, he's that sort of player where he's probably one of the most experienced players in the side, bar, you know, probably Jordan Henderson and Harry Kane in terms of, you know, minutes for England and in competition games. Uh, so he's quite rightfully taking that kind of leadership role as one of the team leaders, just like he does for us, you know, week in, week out. Um, I did kind of comment to myself when the game first started, it's weird seeing Kieran Trippier on a pitch and not having Miggy Almer on bombing ahead of him every single time. And it just it just wasn't there. Um, you know, Saka was cutting in and, and that's fine, that's his game. But uh yeah, it was uh it was it was strange and it took a little bit while for me to adjust to, you know, not seeing those players that you're used to being around Trippier. Um Joe, just quickly, what were your thoughts on Trippier's performance? 
Overall, I thought, I thought it was really good. Um, I mean, as as Daryl touched on, there were a lot of moments which were quite reminiscent of everything that he does uh, for Newcastle, you know, take those wide runs, getting towards the byline. There were a couple of times where he was doing those little dinks over the um, over the last man, uh, sim- very similar to what he does with uh, Miggy. Unfortunately, I mean, you know, it's one of those where that relationship with him and Saka will come in time. Um, yeah. I mean, bear in mind during the Euros, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Trippier played left back quite a lot. Um, so, so he didn't, you know, he probably didn't quite form that same relationship as he will uh, this time around being on the right hand side. Uh, you know, again, it goes back to my point. It's it's one of those the team just needs that little bit more time to gel, and this was the perfect game to 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 really get that going. Um, you know, I, I think the team that we saw starting will, for the most part, be the one that we see going forward starting most games, especially in the later stages, uh, assuming we get through, um, obviously. But uh, yeah, overall, good game. Um, there were a couple of wayward passes, which in his post match interview he himself acknowledged. Uh, was uh, had happened and obviously was something to work on, which is you know it happens. It's one of those get um, you know dust the cobwebs off, and you know I think we'll see a um, I guess a more complete performance uh, Friday night. Hopefully, um, first half was really good. There were some really good balls put in. Uh, just unfortunate that Maguire couldn't finish his dinner um, in the first half. Very close to an assist. You know he was he was he was yeah. putting some really nice balls in. And he's not well, exactly he, going to be short of quality on the end of them. He hit the crossbar, so I mean, he, <laughs> he was close enough. <laughs> not uh, uh, not goal, though, is it? I think everyone, everyone, uh, even Pickford thought it was in, judging by his reaction as well. So uh, he was yeah, very, very was unlucky. Um, we mentioned Harry Kane, uh, obviously passing the captain's armband over to Kieran Trippier uh, late on the game. I think it was around 79 minutes uh, when Callum Wilson made his World Cup debut for England. Um, he seemed to not get much of the ball in the first few minutes, and I thought, oh, here we go. They've changed the style of play. It's going to be another one of those really frustrating performances where England bring on one of their secondary strikers, and I don't mean that in any way to disrespect uh, Callum Wilson, call him secondary, but you know, Harry Kane is the primary striker for England, um, and they stop playing the style of play that they've been playing because it's a different player. I think what's nice is, though, Callum Wilson is very much a a like-for-like player than Harry Kane in terms of what he can output, and he showed it today. Um, he got an assist. Um, Joel, stick with you. I, I don't know how much of it you saw, um, but Callum Wilson's mm-hmm. assist, if he's playing for Newcastle, he's taken that shot, isn't he? Yeah, no, no, I saw it. Um, <laughs> it's a good question, and to be honest, uh, seeing his run, it's, it's quite funny because we've played such a high uh, line this season, such a high press. I forgot how fast Wilson actually is. Yeah. So he's, he's not really needed to make too many of those runs on the right-hand side, but um, did phenomenally well. Thought, thought it was absolutely fantastic. And you know what? As someone who uh, it is, you know, it's potentially the only World, the, the only world Cup he'll, he'll go to, uh, how many minutes he's going to get for the rest of the competition, you know, is anyone's guess. For him to be unselfish and square that, um, it obviously just kind of goes to show the kind of pedigree of, a pl- of the player that he is. Um, whether he would have went for that if if he played for, if he was playing for us, that's a good question. Um, maybe, maybe I think especially five goals up. Well, yeah, to be fair, no, you're absolutely right. He probably would have. I think one thing that is going through his mind though is that he will not have many minutes to impress during this World Cup. So the time, the precious time that he does have. He needs to not screw up any chances, and he did exactly what he needed to. He had a chance to to 
to set up a goal and that's what he did. So I think um, I think that's one thing that will be playing through his mind. The time that he gets, he needs to make the most of it and that's what he did. Yep, it was quite telling to see the England Twitter account as well, saying a very a very unselfish assist there, Callum Wilson, well done. Um, for them to even bring that up probably dictates what they were expecting of him as well. Um, Daryl, is it a little bit bittersweet given the player that he gave the assist to or are we brushing that under the carpet and forgetting everything about that now? I think we need to forget about it now. And, and it, it is going to stick a little bit in some people's minds, you know, because with it being Jack Grealish, we set the goal up for, but, you know, there's, and I've seen, I've seen a tweet um, just earlier on there of um, a shaking fist held in uh, <laughs> when when Miggy sees who um, Callum Wilson has set a goal up for, and it's just a picture of a shaking fist, basically. Um but yeah, I mean, you know, as Joe was saying, they, and, and as you rightly pointed out, when he first came on, you, you wondered why, why he wasn't getting as much as the ball as of the ball, I should say, when, when he came through, and um, that was evident in the whole game, though. And that's why Harry Kane was struggling. You know, he got crowded out by Iran, and they didn't really change much. And it was actually credit to the the, the boys on the pitch because you saw when he got put through, he was. Drift, he had drifted out wide into the right-hand channel, away from the two centre-backs um, to create a bit of space for himself. And, you know, when he when the goal went in and you saw the replay, they sort of paused it because they were trying to hint that there might be a VAR check for an offside. And yeah. obviously, now we now know that he was onside, but when you look at the camera view that was shown on the TV, it was such a tight call, mind. It was so, so tight a call. But, yeah, you know, he, he took that ball probably about just near level with the centre circle was when the pass was played to him. And to get all the way into the six-yard box with the ball, at some speed, mind. And, you know, as, as a Newcastle fan watching him, you're thinking, you know, oh, God, those hamstrings might go at any second on this run. <laughs> it, you know, it'd be, it's such a quick quick run into the box. And you're fearing for your life as a Newcastle fan, as, as you're used to with, with Callum Wilson. We, we love him. We do. But, you know... It, with his history of injuries, you, you did have a little sinking heart moment where he starts to run through and, and pulls clear of the Iranian defence, and you think, "Oh God!" And then, but no, he, like you know, totally unselfish, and that's something I wanted to point uh, bring up. Um, seeing a tweet from Jay Humphreys after the game, and he said that it was such an unselfish thing for him to do, and that it's something that Gareth Southgate would be absolutely thrilled to bits with and very proud of, and then. You hear Gareth Southgate talk in post-match, and that's exactly what he says. Yeah, um, he's really impressed with how unselfish Callum Wilson was to square that ball for Jack Grealish. And in that, from our point of view, that's the best we can hope for. You know, we'd love to see him score a goal. We almost saw Trippier score a goal, even with a free kick, but obviously he hit the wall. Um, but that's something we can be proud of, and and it's good to see that. You know, he's thinking about the team. Um, and in this tournament, he's got to be thinking like that if he wants to try and get some more minutes. Absolutely. Um, one last question before we go, and it's around Callum Wilson. Um, obviously, we play the USA on Friday, uh, and there's other games to be played as well. There's the Wales game going on right now, and there'll be another game. I think the other game's on Friday as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, on the Sunday game against Wales... If England are already through and if we're clear and we're top of the table and that's guaranteed, does Gareth Southgate rest Harry Kane and start Carol Wilson? I will pass that over to Joe first. What are your opinions oh, on that? 
good question if we're already through. I'm full of them tonight. I don't know what's going on. I'm just having a wee bit this morning. I'm going to say no because I think he would ideally like to have as many minutes with his starting 11 together on the field at the same time as possible. I think if... I, I think the fact that Wilson only got, um, what was it, like, well, 20 minutes um, today really showed... I, I, I thought that if he was going to get a lot of minutes, it would have been it would have been today, at least half an hour. Uh, but, you know, I think... If we're through, if we're already through, I will. I would say that you'll probably give him more time than he did today. I see. I, I think with Gareth Southgate, he'll want to, like I say, he'll want to keep most of his starting eleven together to get as much uh, gelling in as they can before the knockout stages. It's a good opportunity, and I think um, I think he'll want to probably utilize as much of his squad as possible because it is a big squad. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting one. We'll have to wait and see. I mean, it's a big if as to whether you know we were already qualified. Uh, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it. I think you do a fantastic job um, if you started, but we'll have to wait and see. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say no, probably not. But yeah, um, if it, yeah, if it happens, I'll be absolutely delighted, mate. Yeah, I think it also depends on if Harry Kane has a goal or not. <laughs> if he doesn't score in the next game, then <laughs> he's definitely true. starting the game as well. Because um, you know what he's like. He's uh, he's chomping at the bit for that golden boot to win. Is it back-to-back he'd get? Because he got the last one. It, last it one would be indeed. Well, wasn't it? Yeah. So, um, yeah, we will see what happens. Um, Daryl, have you got any thoughts on that On that question about uh, about Wilson starting so, on the Sunday game? Is without, without trying to ruin the whole argument, is it really from Friday to Sunday? Is it not Wednesday? It is, isn't it? Is it Wednesday? I thought it's it was to, Sunday. It, it's, not, it's not to Sunday. Maybe it is. Because it's Group E and, Group e and F on Sunday, and it will be Tuesday or Wednesday, I would think, for the third oh, well, game. I'm ahead. I'm ahead of myself. <laughs> but even still... Well, when, the when we play still, our final game. <laughs> well, the, the point still applies, Scott. You know, um, you know, if if we are you know sitting there on six points after two games with pretty much qualification guaranteed, mm. then... I think it's an interesting call. And to be fair, I think I would be tempted to make those changes. And it wouldn't just be Callum Wilson who you'd be looking at changing. You want to get minutes into the rest of your squad because you'll need them to be ready in case of an emergency as you enter into the knockout stages going forward. Um, And it would be nice to see Callum Wilson get a start, you know, in that third game if conditions are right. Um, I know it would probably upset Harry Kane if he was dropped, but I think if the point was made that you know it was for the betterment of the team in the long run then he would probably accept it but even then it could be a case of maybe Gareth decides to experiment a bit and you see Kane and Wilson starting together to try and appease anything that Harry Kane may have about being dropped for a game um but again yeah I think it would be a very interesting um thing to discuss and I would like say that I would like to see that as a just to show if, like a show of a bit of flexibility in the team, and also is that potentially you could use it as, as an excuse to flex your muscles and sort of like warn people who you may come up against in the latter stages of the competition. Like you thought, you know, yes, we've got this very strong start at eleven, but this is what we've got in reserve. It's a bit like when you think about a future Newcastle United who may play a different team in a in a cup game, for example, as compared to the league, and you think, well, actually, this is how strong we are in depth. 
Um, and we've got a team that, if required, can come in and, and do a job at any level that we're playing at or in any competition. So I think it's a good idea to do it in that respect. And who knows, we may even get a start for Nick Pope in that case. Yeah, I was just about to mention that, actually. Obviously, he, didn't, he was on the bench, so that's why we haven't spoke about him today. Um, you know, Pickford didn't keep a clean sheet. Yes, one was a penalty. The, the second one was quite a point-blank shot, which I don't know if many keepers would have saved that. I know there's been a lot of jesting that Nick Pope would have definitely saved that. And I even think Burger King... Uh, tweeted something out again about the fucking got trending. So uh he's definitely the talk of the town. But uh no, I think I think you're right. You know, with especially with the goalkeeper situation, it may be the case that that's a position where rotation might be a bit more um of an opportunity uh because of the fact that if we are through, you're not really affecting the outfield play if it's a goalkeeper. I mean yes there's you know there's the distribution part of it, but uh you know it, it doesn't really Hendrick. But that being said, Harry Maguire probably went off with a concussion injury. He said he had blurry vision. So he has to take 10 days, I believe, as per the rules. So he probably won't feature against USA at least. Um, but we'll see what happens with the next the next Wednesday or Thursday uh, game from there. Right. Uh, that about wraps up everything that we were going to discuss today. Thank you, Daryl, and thank you, Joe, for your time this evening. Uh, I'll let you get back to the uh, the Wales-USA game. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, we're trying something different for this World Cup. We're going to try and do a few of these Newcastle player reviews. Um, so expect one towards the end of the week around uh, Bruno, uh, Garang, Kual and uh, Fabian Scher. And uh, we will see you in the next one. If you like this sort of stuff, be sure to rate us five stars. If you're listening on Spotify or on, on uh, Apple Podcasts, just scroll down and give us a five-star rating. It helps us tremendously. I think we're in the top 25 uh, football podcasts in the UK at the moment. So let's get us up there. We're now fighting with the big boys. So we'll see if we can get any higher. Hopefully we can. I'm sure we can. Uh, so we'll see. But yeah, that all re- that all revolves around downloads, listens, and ratings. So if, if you haven't already, drop us a review, drop us a five stars. It would be greatly appreciated. But that's it for this one. Uh, thanks again for listening. It's definitely coming home uh, i think i could safely say now after after that performance um <laughs> no tongue-in-cheek there at all uh but yeah thanks for listening and we'll see you in the next one Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.